Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined as always by Wes Hodkowitz, and we are very pleased to have special guest Larry McCarron with us as well. We are here at the Indiana Convention Center in downtown Indianapolis, coming to you from the NFL Scouting Combine. And guys, yesterday we heard from Packers GM Brian Gutekunst and head coach Mike McCarthy. And one of the big topics of conversation was the new contract extension that the Packers are working on with quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Gutekunst made it pretty clear that this is something they would like to get done this offseason, Wes, we talked about it in a previous show that the that Packers want to do this with two years left on Aaron right. Rodgers' contract, the same time frame in which they uh, executed his last extension in 2013. What are your thoughts on where this is headed? It makes total sense uh, for the Packers from that perspective. Obviously, as Gutekun said, this is the best player in the NFL. It's not going to be inexpensive. It's something that you have to get done. The, the interesting part of it, though, is that you do have the two years left on the deal. So what does that allow you to do? It allows you to spread out the signing bonus. It allows you to be more manageable with the cap hit. We all saw what Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit ended up being with the San Francisco 49ers when a player is going into unrestricted free agency. Then you also saw what the Jacksonville Jaguars did in extending Blake Bortles and how they were able to reduce it. So having that under control but also taking care of Aaron Rodgers, the franchise quarterback, is really the penultimate thing, I think, on this offseason in addition to trying to figure out you know, what direction the team is going to take in 2018. Yeah, now, Larry, you said yesterday this is obviously a no-brainer. The Packers are going yeah, to extend absolutely. Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. He is going to stay Best a Green Bay Packer. Universe, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, right? So... But this is kind of a tricky thing because you want to get this done, but you also want to leave at least some financial flexibility to continue to upgrade the team and make another run at a Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely, and there's a couple of points about the whole thing. Number one, the market's changed. Right. They have to do this. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, believe it or not, at one time when he signed his deal, was the highest-paid player in the league, and now he's underpaid. So they got to do something <laughs> to keep the big guy happy, which they are doing. The other thing is it's all, as Brian Gutekun said yesterday very appropriately, it's all part of the puzzle. they got to know how this piece fits before they can make a lot of other decisions as far as people they ask to take pay cuts, people they may not be able to afford. All those types of issues can be determined to some extent when they find out how big a piece of the salary cap pie is going to go to one Aaron Rodgers, and he certainly deserves it. Yeah, and it's on Russ Ball to structure this contract right. in a way that's going to work for the Packers, as he has done over the years many times. And Gutekun said they're looking at all kinds of different scenarios in terms of how this could play out and what the immediate cap hit is going to be on this new deal and what sort of flexibility it would give them in order to make other moves. You don't know exactly how this is going to play out and when the contract is going to be signed. As I talked about last week, Wes, it's hard to believe that, for me anyway, that Aaron Rodgers would sign this deal before Kirk Cousins, who's the top quarterback yeah. in free agency, heading into free agency. Mike, you ought to be an agent. You know, <laughs> Those well, are agent type thoughts. Well, hey, I mean, hey, I'm, Aaron, I'm just, slow down, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Slow I'm down. Just, Let's see what Cousins does. I'm just being real here. I mean, if I'm Aaron, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, if Kirk Cousins is going to suddenly a calculator become, somewhere there, buddy. Yeah, if he's going to become the top guy and, and surpass Jimmy Garoppolo's deal, and Garoppolo's deal surpassed Matthew Stafford's, can, can you which believe, wasn't long ago. Hang on, just. 
Can you believe those two names are in the same sentence? Yeah. Well, yeah Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy it, in the same sentence? Seven that's starts. how crazy yeah. quarterback money has gotten. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't no, mean no, that's okay, but you're right. But as the salary cap goes up and the importance of the quarterback position certainly doesn't diminish in this league, you've got to take care of your guy when you have your guy. Absolutely. And you look at how the cap has swelled You know, in the last five years. I always tell that story over and over again. The day I started on the Packers beat, 2012, it was $120 million in the cap. The way it's going right now, $178 million is what it's looking like going into 2018. What does that mean? It means the price of poker is going up for quarterbacks, and you have to be in lockstep with that. And because of that, with all these teams, we saw going back to the Joe Flacco deal with the Baltimore Ravens, with all these teams trying to find the guy, and then when you feel like you have a guy that can be the guy, you're going to get paid. So what the, the measures are, not only just for the, the Cousins contract, but you have Drew Brees out there yet. A.J. McCarron's a name that you're not hearing talked about here at all because nobody wants to get in trouble, but that's going to be a very interesting one to follow yeah. March 14th. And much like in 2013 when the Packers took care of Aaron Rodgers that extension in the lead-up to the 2013 NFL draft, days before it, hours before it, I think you're going to see all those pieces fall and then everything go from there. Yeah, and the other thing that uh, the Packers will certainly be watching, Packers fans, is what Minnesota is going to do at quarterback. They decided not to franchise Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford. At this point, they're all headed to free agency. There's word that the Vikings are going to get in on the the Kirk Cousins thing. You got any feeling, Larry, as to what the Vikings are going to ultimately do at quarterback? Zero, and to be honest, don't care. All I know (laughs) is when I hear Jimmy Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers in the same sentence financially, the world is coming. All right, with that, we're going to toss it to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted from the NFL Scouting Combine right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford along with Wes Hodkowitz and Larry McCarron coming to you from downtown Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Now as we talk about the Packers salary cap situation heading into 2018, Wes, one of the other topics that came up in talking with General Manager Brian Gutekunst yesterday was... Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and their cap numbers along with obviously the extension to given to Devontae Adams at the end of the regular season. Packers have a lot of money in invested right now at wide receiver. Gutekunst wasn't making any proclamations as to what's going to happen but he sounded to me like a GM who is very determined to make this work because he likes what the Packers have in Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, and he said he doesn't want to see really good football players walk out the door. Yeah, and I think Mike McCarthy echoed those comments as well in terms of just being able to look at the situation, the landscape of the NFL receiver, and keeping in mind what a lot of these guys are making now on the market, Jarvis Landry being the the newest of that group with the Miami Dolphins. They knocked out the biggest thing they had to right at the end of the season with Devontae Adams, and getting that extension done, Jordy Nelson was up front right from the beginning saying that he's going to make more money than Nelson ever did on a contract. Jordy did a lot of contracts underneath value. If you go back to his first extension back in 2011, I believe it was, and then the next one he did, and I believe it was 2014. By doing that, it allowed the Packers to get ahead of those things, and yeah. that's one reason why they're in the position they've been in, where the cap hasn't really come into question a lot. Randall Cobb, tough year for him, another injury, kind of riddled season, but they know what he can do, and he's still only going to be 28 years old going into 2018. That unit, 
the chemistry that they have with Aaron Rodgers, you can't produce that overnight, and I think that's something that both Gutekunst and McCarthy really value. Yeah, and we'll see what uh, happens financially, Larry, as you talked about. Maybe there will be some pay cuts with some guys and whatnot, but I don't like to put words in the quarterback's mouth, but i got to believe he wants this receiving core, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and others, he wants to keep it intact here coming back from that collarbone injury in 2018. Yeah, well, I found it interesting. I was reading an article just by chance the other day, and one of the Cowboy executives, oddly enough, he's related to Jerry Jones. I don't know how that works. But <laughs> one of their execs was talking about Tony Romo. And when you have, and not that Tony Romo is even in Aaron Rodgers' league, sure. but when you have the guy at quarterback, you kind of get, it's a collaboration. You go and work together, and you sit down and you say, how far do you want to go and you know what that does for those around you how much can you work with us and I think Aaron Rodgers will always go down as a team player he wants quality around him and I think he'll do whatever he can at his end to make it a cap friendly deal so that Packers can address other people and certainly they got a situation arising in the wide receiver group as you guys have detailed where they're paying everybody the top three guys they're paying them top receiver money so what's going to happen there we don't know I thought yesterday the comments from Brian and Mike said one thing they like these guys Mm -hmm. but they're still leaving their options open and seeing what develops yeah the Packers definitely want to improve as well they're here at the draft to, to maybe find the next Jordy Nelson or the next Devontae Adams who three or four down the year three or four years down the road we might be talking about as the as the guy getting the next contract right. and and for the future maybe of, from the second round of, of this yeah from the second that that's that's been a pretty good yeah. one we'll uh we'll see what happens there but uh, um but I I think I think the Packers are going to try to do whatever they can to keep this group together because when you look at the first five games of 2017, Wes, the Packers are 4-1. and one. Jordy Nelson had six touchdown catches right. in those five games. I mean, there was nothing wrong with the offense at that stage. No, there wasn't, and Aaron Rodgers was looking like a legitimate MVP candidate at that point in time. They were 4-1 and one going into that game against the Minnesota Vikings. The thing that stands out to me the most when you look at that, really, that partnership between Nelson and Rodgers is the fact that that is the longest tenured quarterback-receiver duo in the league, and it's not even close. So for him, and he said it at the end of the season two he still thinks there's a lot of juice left with Jordy Nelson Randall Cobb I thought really did come on at the end of last season was really an important piece against the Carolina Panthers so to see what they can get and obviously it's a big caveat and there's always hypotheticals with injuries but to see what they have with those three guys giving it one more shot I think it might be worth it. But, again, those are all decisions that Brian Gutekunst is probably going to have to make here in the next two weeks figuring out that vision for 2018. Yeah, and you mentioned the Carolina game. And, Larry, if anybody is wondering about Randall Cobb and where he is, all you have to do is look at that touchdown catch on that little scramble play with Aaron Rodgers down in Carolina. Randall Cobb still brings a lot to the table. Yeah, he does. And the thing he brings is suddenness. And, ironically enough, since we're here at the scouting combine, that's one of the things they think they can measure, but they really right. can't yeah. because there's a difference in that because you think about it. When you can pre-plan it and you see where the cones are at and you're, they're measuring change of direction, but mentally you can pre-program yourself yeah. to get around them and things like that. But in the heat of battle, when we've seen, it's like Randall Cobb's got eyes in the back of his head. He just <laughs> makes moves 
you don't know where those moves come from. And it's like he's got terrific vision and he can translate it to the quickness of his feet. But you can't plan that. That's a reaction type suddenness. And while they'll try to measure it today, they're not going to burn in the next few days. They're not going to be able to not like Randall Cobb has it. Yeah, and you mentioned it, Wes. The second round has been really that. That was where Ted Thompson found all of his wide receivers. You go back to Greg Jennings. Yeah. Uh, James Jones obviously was a third rounder, but Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, all second round picks. Do you see the Packers maybe making a, a move, uh, Brian Gutekunst, you know, go, going along those same lines? Not this year, but I think it's still in the cards uh, for them to potentially look at that position again. They have had success in the middle rounds, too, when you look at a guy like James Jones. But uh, right now, I, I think you look at some of the other needs they have, depending on what they do at 14. I'd be surprised if it's this year, but I guess you never really quite know. Yeah, and Larry, just quickly, your thoughts. We've been talking about the guys at the top, but the Packers have some other receivers who are still looking to grow in their careers. Trevor Davis, Geronimo Allison, guys like that. What did you see from them in 2017 as you look ahead to 2018? I think you just said it, Mike. Young guys trying to go. Geronimo Allison, Michael Clark. I mean, guys with some interesting raw tools. Right. But then you got to get out there and do it. And you got the thing we watch so consistently with young guys, regardless of position, but especially wide receiver, living and learning on the job. So many times, guys that were drafted, the Packers even drafted in the second round, it took them a year. Now, right. those guys come yeah. with a lot of bona fides and a pedigree and all that stuff. And some of the guys we t- we're talking about were undrafted free agents. And so... Living and learning on the job and how quickly you can do that basically determines what kind of career you're going to have in the NFL because the patience level is only so much. Right. Yeah, we'll give you a couple of scholarship years so, so you can live and learn on the job. But, man, we got to see performance at some point. And that's what I saw. Yeah. With that, we'll toss it to a break. Back with more from the NFL Scouting Combine on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted from downtown Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Mike Spofford with Wes Hodkowitz and Larry McCarron. Guys, we've been talking all about offense for the first uh, couple segments of the show here. Let's switch gears to the defensive side. Wes, Mike McCarthy said it. We were all uh, in a lunch downtown here with uh, some other reporters that cover the Packers with uh, Brian Gutekunst and Mike McCarthy. And one of the uh, really interesting lines that Mike McCarthy used with regards to the defense, he says, hey, I'm sick and tired of the defense on this team being like the stepchild. Yeah. And uh, upgrading the defense, that's one of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest things the Packers are looking for here in Indy. It's a two-sided approach. Mentally, it's telling the players that are coming back, you're not the stepchild. You're in this thing, too. And two, it's finding the tools and the resources to pair with those guys to get the most out of them. So I think you look at a lot of the the bright spots of that defense last year that didn't exactly translate to a stat sheet or to production. I mean, the year that Kenny Clark had, Blake Martinez was number two in the league in tackles. I mean, you did have a relatively productive season out of Clay Matthews, but overall, it just wasn't enough. So now telling them and having that challenge, it was there since January 4th. He went out there, he said, we need the defense to be just as good as the offense. That's the mentality. They're not in the back seat. We don't want them to be in the back seat. And if you go back and look at it, I think there's been five times since 2000, or I should say since 1996, the Green Bay Packers have finished in the top 10 in total offense and total defense. Three of those times, they ended up in the Super Bowl. The odds 
are really in their favor if they can get that accomplished. Yeah, and Larry, I'm not sure if you heard it the same way I did, but one of the other comments that I thought was really poignant from Mike McCarthy was when he talked about the defense being like the thermostat of the team. And what I heard from that is that as a head coach, he's looking for some consistency and some reliability on the defensive side because the offensive side is where things maybe are going to swing a little more wildly. You can have your big, huge offensive days, and then other days where things just don't go right. The defense is the one that needs to kind of be the steady hand. That's what the head coach is looking for. Actually, I think I would disagree on this. I don't look at that comment as a steady hand. When he talked about thermostat, I mean, he's talking about aggression and things like that. Goes back to defense has got to be better than the offense. That's what he said uh, a couple of months ago or whenever at the season ender. Okay, to me, okay, the locker room. Who's the kings of the barnyard? On a lot of teams, when you talk about physical, tough, that's on the defensive side. Those guys kind of strut around the locker room, and they look at the offense like, hey, you know what? (laughs) Anytime we want, we can line you up and kick your butt. I mean, and and on a lot of teams, guys, a lot of teams, that's the way it is. The rough and tumble guys are on defense. Now, fortunately for the Packers, and it's helped them, they got some rough and tumble dudes on offense, and plus leadership starts with performance, and the offense is performing at a higher level than the defense. And, you know, and that's when you get this stepchild that you need defensive guys like Mike Daniels got that chest out and say, bring it on. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what, and when you talk about it, it's kind of like where a special teams are an indicator of a team's attitude because how hard they cover, how hard they play, things like that. That was the sense I got. Okay. When you look at a, a thermostat of a football team, hey, are we a rough and tough outfit? I mean, are we going to out-hit people? Right. We're going to do things like that. You know, the, the core of the game Usually your defense can be an indicator of that. I might be wrong, but that's the way I took it. Yeah, and Wes, you brought up guys like Kenny Clark and Blake Martinez. We talked with Mike McCarthy about, uh, you know, those are the types of guys who are making that next step in their careers. Right. They, they did the second-year jump that we've always talked about, but now the next step is for them to become the core players on this team, the next Mike Daniels, the next Clay Matthews or Nick Perry, guys like that. And Clark and Martinez, there's going to be a lot on those two guys in 2018 based on what they did last season. And let's be honest, Mike, the Green Bay Packers in two months' time could take Marcus Davenport. They could take some of these top guys at number 14 in the draft. Ultimately, where they're going to go in 2018 is going to be driven by those second- and third-year players. History's proven that. You go back and look at the success Mike Pettin had with the New York Jets, a lot of it, especially in those early years, was making do with what he already had in creating stars out of that, the Darrell Revises of the world. I'm not saying that they need Demarius Randall to become that player, but the more you get out of those guys, the more you can harness that ability, is ultimately, I think, going to take this defense to where they want it to be. Yeah, and Larry, do you subscribe to the theory as well? Obviously, the Packers are here. The free agency's coming up. They're here for the draft they're going to make player acquisitions to improve the team but do you also subscribe to that theory that the greatest improvement is going to come from the guys who are already in the locker room that's usually been the case history says as much and to expect a draft class even one if it winds up numbering 12 to expect it's going to totally change everything about the team for the better well those are awfully big expectations now can you hit on a few? You hit on a few. You know, the difference between winning and losing and good and not so good, 
not a great deal. Right. And you get started on the right foot and you get guys kind of rallying and believing and suddenly a guy or two that can make a play or two can make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. With that, we will throw it to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted from the NFL Scouting Combine right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted from the NFL Scouting Combine in downtown Indy. Larry McCarron, Mike Spofford, and Wes Hodkowitz. And Wes, before we go, Ted Thompson, former Packers general manager, actually not here at the NFL Scouting Combine. I can't even imagine maybe when was the last time he wasn't at a scouting combine. I don't think Wes was born yet. <laughs> Probably not. But, uh, um, but Brian Gutekunst telling us. 30 now. Well, maybe oh, you were. Cool. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Brian Gutekunst telling us that uh, that Ted Thompson is is you know getting back to his roots, doing some scouting projects, still very involved in what's going on here with the Both Packers. Both pro and college side, it's almost like they kind of you know kind of tailored a position to himself. I've kind of looked at it as almost like a special projects type role that he's taken on. In the lessons you'd heard it so many times when Gutekunst was talking with us, the lessons that he took from Thompson are really something that guides him. He's going to be his own GM, but having Tom. Thompson's still there, I think, is going to be a big benefit. And he also doubled down on that, too, saying that this isn't going to be a one-year arrangement. It's for the foreseeable future. He sees Ted Thompson being a part of that personnel department. Yeah, and in terms of uh, in terms of getting back to his roots, you got to believe that, uh, that Ted Thompson, he didn't always like going to the podium and all that kind of stuff, Larry. I think he likes even more being in the background, well, in the shadows no, right now. No, being... Here I am. Listen to me. I mean, that wasn't Ted. Right. But I right. thought it was really interesting when Brian Gutekunst is up there. And we all, there's an unwritten rule or a written rule somewhere. Don't ask Ted about any player because yeah. he's not going to tell you. And don't even ask him about a position because he ain't going to tell you that either. Certainly. And, and I thought it was interesting. Yesterday, Brian Gutekunst right away was asked about the strength of the draft. And he actually said something. Yeah. He actually said, I think it looks pretty good in the secondary and the interior offensive line. He said those things, and I thought, well, we can tell there's a new guy up at the podium <laughs> now that we actually heard two positions that were probably ball-faced lies. He's just throwing us off, but we actually heard positions mentioned. Yeah. He's giving you something. Yeah, for sure. But with that, we are going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the Packers and the Scouting Combine on Packers.com. We will be here the rest of the week and through the weekend for Larry and Mike and Wes. We'll see you next time. Thank you.